Welcome to the first ever episode of Just a Chat With. I'm Andrew Dobby. And I'm Lewis Phillips. As co-founders of Born Original and running two creative studios, Made Brave and Campfire, we love nothing more than sitting down and talking about branding, design, tech and creativity. In this series, we'll be speaking with some inspirational people who are all at the top of their game. We'll be talking about their creative processes, the journey they've been on so far, and they'll be sharing some tips of how they got to where they are today. In this episode, we sit down with Noah Klotchek, who is an artist and film designer at Pixar, and also works as an illustrator and author of a children's book series. Noah's had an amazing career to date, playing vital roles in films such as Up, Brave, Wally, and Shrek 2. He joined us a couple of weeks ago in our studio for a chat. So you, you obviously yeah. are um, at Pixar now. Could you tell us a bit about um, the journey and, and the route that took you? I said this in my talk the other day, but my parents were hippies. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you know about Waldorf education. Um, yeah. It started in Germany, but mm -hmm. now it's okay. over in the States. And it's kind of, that was, I mean, they both ended up teachers at, in Waldorf. And my okay. dad was a professor at the Rolf Steiner College. Like, they were really into that. And one of the things that he preached was we want to make whole human beings mm -hmm. and so arts and math and science and all those things are important to you being a whole human yeah. being and so my parents kind of took that philosophy to the extreme and were like you don't need other media yeah. you need to go out in the world and play outside and do all those things yeah. and so uh, we didn't have a tv in our house okay. uh, uh, still my parents don't have a tv in their house <laughs> like they watch netflix occasionally on their computers but that yeah. was kind of the upbringing i got and so my media was children's books Okay. And so I actually went to art school to do children's books. I didn't mm -hmm. even really think film was a job. Yeah. Um, but I guess when I was in high school, Lion King came out, which was 1996. Mm -hmm. I'm um, a big Lion King fan. Huge yeah. Lion King yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah. But it changed the industry because it made yeah. a ton of money and they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And then when I remember in high school reading a newspaper, there's an article that said giving 100 grand bonuses to people who can hold a pencil. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? But I didn't really connect the two things yeah. until I went to school. And the program I went into, I went to San Jose State. And the program was changing from like editorial illustration yeah. to film illustration and uh, design and design for film and, and animation. They have some animation, but really they're really strong in concept art okay. as a program. And so I kind of made that transition with them. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I can make more money and I can still do art. And uh, I've always loved children's books. I still do it in my free time. But yeah. that was kind of the beginning of that. And then we're close to like ILM and yeah. Pixar. And that's about it yeah. up in the Bay Area. And I was lucky enough. I was probably in my last year of school. ILM was looking for junior map painters. Yeah. And I didn't even know what map painting was. Yeah. But I had a lot of paintings in my portfolio. <laughs> and so I turned it in and they're like, yeah, come in. So I actually left school to do that and finished on the weekends. Yeah. And it was a great opportunity, but I was like a wrist. It was like, here is a plate, make it look better. And it was very hierarchical there. Yeah. And so if you came in last, I mean, these are people who made Star Wars. Yeah. So they didn't want to hear from you <laughs> and your thoughts on it. And I remember a lot of the special effects supervisors were people who had no artistic background, but they'd just been there since the beginning of time. Yeah, yeah. And so I was in one review and it was on the Hulk, mm -hmm. um, the first Hulk. Uh, and I, they had asked me to put a fake movie screen, an outdoor movie screen in this shot. Mm -hmm. And the eager little beaver that I was for the time, I was like worrying about bounce light and the color of the ball on the other side and all this stuff <laughs> and put it in the shot. And the special effects supervisor came in and was kind of rationalizing his job and said, hey, can you make it green? 
And I was like, but it can't because the bounce light and, the, and my, my lead was like, no, you're <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm in the wrong place. So, uh, and then they, they let me go. So that was okay. the other part. So like last one in, first one out when they did layoffs. Mm, okay. And then, I, so I luckily got picked up to do matte painting at DreamWorks, okay. um, which was great because that got me into animation. Yeah. Um, and is, it, and is it easy to get a job or is it, you know, is there a big process? Oh no, that, it was you know, terrifying. Yeah. yeah, I had three months without work and I thought I'm never going to work in the industry again. Yeah. And ironically, game studios didn't want to hire me because I was coming from ILM. Yeah. And they thought, there's something wrong with you if you're coming from ILM and want to work in a game company. And I was mm. like, I just want to do cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. So literally a game company, I went to a convention and they were like, no, you don't want to work at our game company. I was like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. So I, I was terrified. Um, but then again, I, I got lucky and someone knew somebody and I sent in my portfolio and they hired me. And, and what, does, what does that process look like when you, you know, when you, when you get in, you know, because sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes you know straight away someone's great and you look at the yeah. portfolio and you can tell by the first page, yeah. know, do they do that or do they put you through a lot of testing? Oh, and, they, were, you know? they were pretty good because I come from an ILM, yeah, so yeah. they knew I had enough chops. Yeah. And ILM was basically, because of the junior Matt Penny, they threw you in the deep end. Yeah technologically too so they were like here's you know Maya and some rendering package I don't even remember what it was back then soft homage or something like that and they're like you're gonna make shots and I'm like I don't know how to do this and then they're like send your final uh, export your layers and send it to the compositor and I was like what scale what is you know how many pixels is our frame I had no idea I came yeah. from like advertising in print so yeah. I had to learn a lot there yeah. so I DreamWorks got the benefit of that. They were like, oh, okay, you know what you're doing. And so yeah. it was pretty easy there. Um, and I, but then I really wanted to get out of matte painting for two reasons. One, it was um, a lot of long nights. Mm -hmm. So the, basically the process was at the end of a production, anything that lighting or effects or anybody couldn't do, they threw to the matte department. So we'd mm -hmm. paint it. So I, at one point I, we had a trailer going out and the effects department said, oh, we can't do the spray water from that shot. Yeah. We just don't have time. So can matte painting do it? And I was like, no. And they were like, yes. So I spent a week there hand animating water yeah. uh, for a trailer for uh, Madagascar. And, and, and were you part of a larger, like, much larger team or, you know, in the kind of It was painting? like five of us five, do, yeah. doing it. And so you literally, at the end of a film, you were spending like three weeks at the studio and leaving to take showers and sleep for two hours. Um, <laughs> And so I was like, I, and you were in the dark all day because they, it was color correct monitors and you had to have it all right. And so you were in the dark in the winter time and you'd come out and it'd be dark and you'd go in and it'd be dark and then you were there for all those hours and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <Time> <laughs> dark yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I wanted to be a designer. And so uh, I started doing some design work there yeah. and they were super happy with it, but they really liked me as a map painter. So they would say, well, you can start in the art department, but then when it's time for matte painting, we want you to go back to the cave. And I was like, I don't want to go back to the cave. And uh, my wife at the time, we met in school, yeah. and she was an artist as well, and she would gotten a job at Pixar and worked her way up. So she started as like a production assistant and yeah. worked her way up into the art department. And uh, the story is that we went to a rap party for Madagascar uh -huh. and Incredibles. Two weeks apart, <laughs> okay. and um, at the Incredibles, at the Madagascar rap party, Jeffrey Kassenberg got up, and all he talked about was money, mm -hmm. and toys, and franchises, and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. We are gonna make so much money off of this franchise. We are so excited for the toys. Did you know that McDonald's 
has a great tie-in with this, and we were just like, this is the worst. <laughs> and then a week later, I went, we went to The Incredibles, because my wife worked on that, yeah. and like Steve Jobs, Ed Catmull, John Lasseter and Brad Bird all got up, and no one mentioned money. Yeah. They talked about storytelling, and that moment that you have something that you know is the best thing you've ever done, yeah. that the world hasn't seen it yet, yeah, and you yeah. get to release it, mm -hmm. and how exciting that moment is. And I was like, dude, I'm at the wrong it's yeah, magic. It's yeah. like the best bit of creativity. Isn't yeah, it? Like it's, totally. It's, you know, you want to get to the edit, the end, of it yeah. just to show people, don't you? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just that ethos was like, what the heck? And so then, um, I turned in my portfolio there, and I turned in all my personal work because I didn't, they, I didn't want to map paint again. Yeah. And so, and my nights and weekends, I've been doing children's book work. Yeah. So I just collected all of like hundreds and hundreds of drawings that I've been doing, yeah. and that was my portfolio, and they liked it enough to hire me. Yeah as a designer. So that was how I got into Pixar. And I worked out first movie was Wally, -E, and then I've been there 14 years. Yeah. 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 14 years and that's quite a, a, a good time, I suppose, and you'll have seen like lots of changes and yeah. things. And you know, how, how is, I suppose, is the creative process changing and how, or how has technology impacted your work? And yeah. Have you seen a big shift in any way? Or? Yeah. I, the, interestingly, the shift has been more driven not by technology, yeah. but because uh, the technology is trying to keep up with us, yeah. almost. Um, it's been more about the way that we work. Yeah. When I came there, it was a very specialized studio, yeah. meaning everybody did something specific. Yeah. So you were the best tree person in the world, and that's what you did, <laughs> is the trees. Um, but budgets and just the way that the world is working, mm -hmm. teams are getting smaller, and people want more ownership. Yeah. So you don't want to be the tree guy anymore on film number seven. You yeah. want to get a set. You want to own something and be part of that process. Yeah. And I think it's a great thing. The really big move at Pixar is to be collaborative yeah. and get everyone's voice in the room and get something. My, my philosophy has always been you want something where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. And if you can get that, that's where the magic is. And so it's really moved that way. And so I think that's been the driving factor. Technology yeah. has aided that in the fact that when I started, people who were doing 3D work were mm -hmm. computer science majors mm -hmm. um, because they were learning how to write software and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And there was the tail end of that. Yeah. Um, but now people are coming out of at, at art school and they're modelers in ZBrush, but they're an artist. Yeah. And so that's allowed them but they're technical. Yeah. And so now this is beautiful balance between technical and art in all of these jobs. In my job, I had to get more technical yeah. and understand what's the technology coming down the line, what are the important things that are happening in the industry, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. real-time rendering, what is that going to mean for our process, yeah. um, and how do we get that in our studio so we yeah. can iterate faster, all of those kind of things. And so you don't have real-time rendering at Pixar at the moment? We, we do, but yeah. it's not final, Yeah. right? So we have real-time rendering that is like... Uh, to help a uh, process for lighters or shaders, yeah. um, but it's not the end result. So, you know, my dream would be um, something where you, when layout put the camera in for the first time, mm -hmm. then that shot That's lives. Yeah. And whatever the iteration is happening, you can go to that shot at any moment yeah. and see what, where the, what's the state of that shot. Yeah. That would be the perfect system. So yeah. you could go to anyone's desk and be like, you know, pull up the shot. Mm. And whatever someone just did downstairs and they did shading, that yeah, showed up in the shot. There, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And so you're really getting this iterative process that's real. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think that will allow people to collaborate more? And yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and we do, I mean, there's a lot of ways we get around that. Uh, we have like overnight rendering and stuff. So in the morning you come in and all the shots have been rendered. Yeah. Um, so you can do it that way. But the thing that's most exciting to me is being at someone's desk and being like, oh, that's amazing. What if we just push that light a little bit back? Yeah. Oh, perfect. That's done. Yeah. You know, but you can't do that. It's like, what if we push the light back? See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So <gasps> pull it back again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think it's a technology thing necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, yeah, it's a pipeline thing. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons that that's good. It's and then no one has an answer for that. It's yeah. really complicated because we have this this expectation of what you see on the final frame, yeah. which has been really successful for 25, 30 years. So how do you re-engineer that. Um, we've had, we have lots of conversations that are just about, I mean, I'm not Pixar as a whole, but just me as an individual yeah. with people yeah. in the industry, um, having conversations about how do we, you evolve when you are successful. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a hard thing to do because people want the hits. Yeah. You know, if you're you too, Play some stuff from Joshua Tree yeah, at every concert. Same stuff because, yeah, 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 same formula. Yeah, yeah thing, because yeah, people so. love it. So yeah. how do you mix enough stuff in? And someone told me recently this story from Spotify. Yeah. They updated their algorithm with how new music was found. Yeah. Everyone loved it. Yeah. And so they went along with it for a while. And then they realized there was a bug in it that it was playing some old music that you already knew. And they're like, get that out of there. So they removed oh. the bug and people hated it. Mm -hmm. Because what people want is they want the hits that they yeah, love they occasionally in there yeah. mixed with this new stuff. Yeah. And so how do you find that perfect balance is a really hard thing. Yeah. How do you think like streaming and new platforms like Netflix are changing things? Um, I think it's great. I think Netflix is interesting. I actually just went down there a couple of weeks ago just to hang out and see what was going on yeah. down there. And they're really, because they're a technology com company, they think about things differently. Yeah. Um, we're very, um, myself, just as a human being, is oriented towards um, what is the final thing that we want to get on the screen and what is that story and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, as a, and the individuals there care about that, so the people making the content care about that. Yeah. But as a studio, they're much more interested in how do we get more fodder for our data machine. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, so every show that you watch, how long you watch it, how when you click away, yeah. how much you binge, all that stuff is what they want. Yeah. That's why they want so much content. Yeah. Is to understand what you like most and so they can give you more of it. Yeah. Which is a very interesting way of looking at the process and is mm -hmm. was mind blowing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go down there and be like, You're what? <laughs> what why do you care? Yeah, it's just a very different process. So how do you find a balance between my worry is that leads to high fructose corn syrup, right? Yeah. The McDonald's mm -hmm. model of this is garbage for you, but we've hit all those things that are biological yeah. triggers for you to like it, your dopamine response yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And we know how to just to manipulate that. Yeah, it's like, it's like the game apps on the phone. Yes. I played on my seven-year-old, I've got this one called Merge Planes, and it's like little planes that go around, yeah. and you have to merge the numbers yeah. together <laughs> and get a dopamine hit. Yeah. And then I'm like, to proceed, I've got to gamble. Yeah. Like, so he's getting conditioned to gamble right. and then we win, he's like, yeah, dopamine. Yeah. And then there's like, it's like hitting every trigger yes. that you probably shouldn't hit. Because yeah. like, they're not doing it for a, like, a positive way they're doing yeah. it because they know if I get you through each one of these, eventually you need to buy more diamonds. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You know, um, that is exa that's how Facebook works. And too. So, so yeah. do you worry or do you think that, you know, so many people are going via this sort of data model, right? Mm -hmm. They're trying to push all these triggers when you know, what I loved about when you, you were speaking the other day was, you know, that 
you know, you know, you're driven by the storytelling. And yeah. do you think that we're going so far in this way of data that eventually the true storytellers will rise to the top again? You know, and yeah. this will all drop down and it will kind of, you know, change. That's a good question. I. Th- um, the hipsters have given me hope, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So the hipsters have d- done like, well, we care about actual real food and a tool that actually works yeah. and clothing that lasts more than 20 minutes. And so that, and back to the earth and the hipster movement, that gives me a lot of hope yeah. that human beings at some point say enough and they reject yeah. the mass model for something that's personalized and that I care about and that a human being made it and I care yeah. about human beings and all that kind of stuff. So I think... I, my hope is that yes. It's, it's kind of almost like when you go to Vegas, isn't it? Like, you know, for the first couple of days, you're like, wow, look at all this stuff. Yeah. And after a couple of days, you're like, oh, stuff. Yes. And you want nature again. Yes. It's kind of the same as yeah. like, all this data stuff. And eventually, true creativity almost yeah. is like going to win, isn't it? You know? yeah. I hope so. I mean, Facebook is an interesting experiment in that, yeah. right? So they went full dopamine response. That was the whole <laughs> model. Um, and so now people are like, but I feel awful. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what does that mean for human beings? It's you know, there's a breaking point, and so Facebook is struggling to get any more users, and people are starting to abandon the platform. Yeah. So, what do you do? Do you go, okay, well, we're going to give you dopamine uh, response in VR now, yeah. so that you're more cut off from the world? Mm. Or do we say, okay, we need to figure out a new way yeah. to bring, do this? Bring back a bit of the magic. Yeah. 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 There, there was something you said the other day that sort of resonated with me that um, you talked about how, you know, when you're, when you're making movies at Pixar, that, you know, where you get in trouble sometimes uh, creatively is if you know if you try and make the movies that you think the audience want, yeah. um, and like you should stay true to the stories you want to tell. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about that? And can... Yeah, I I think it's in the same box as what yeah. we were just talking yeah, exactly. about. It's the same. The idea is we are human beings. It's why artists make art, right? Yeah. And why you can go stand in front of a Van Gogh and have an emotional response is because somebody went through that and painted those brush strokes and for their own emotional yeah. response. And then you react to that because you can see it in the art. Yeah. And that's what I think great art does. Is it, um, I just had lunch with Pete Docter not too long ago and he was saying his dad was a musicologist and he had this, uh, I think he was listening to Stravinsky or something. And, um, Pete, doctor, asks his dad, I, I, I'm not connecting this music. Why am I not connecting to this music? Why don't I understand this music? Yeah. And he said, because you don't know enough about music yet. And he said, music, the, people like music that is the perfect balance of surprise yeah. and expectation. So I can hum, hum along this tune and I know it and I know what's coming next. Yeah. People love that. But they also like to be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're surprised all the time, like people who don't listen to jazz, and they're surprised constantly by what's happening because they can't connect with it. They don't like it. Yeah. And they reject oh, the jazz. It's just that crazy thing because they don't know enough to follow along. Yeah, yeah. And then when you understand jazz and the chord progressions that jazz has, yeah. then you can follow along and love that they're surprising you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I think in there is something that we're trying to do. And that's my approach. Is yeah. My job as an artist is to distill the world in a way that other people can digest it. Yeah. Because they don't, they didn't spend a lifetime looking at the way light comes into a room and understanding the meaningful parts of that. Yeah. And so my job is to distill that so that they can perceive that story-wise or visually, yeah. and have an emotional re- response to that. And that I, my 
my feeling is as artists, we're editors. Yeah. We're choosing a, the way we frame a shot so that someone can have emotional response to it. Yeah. That's the challenge that VR has right now is where am I looking and can I control someone's emotional response if they're not looking in the character's eyes at this moment? Yeah. Whereas as an editor, you're like, you're looking at the damn eyes because I'm <laughs> going to light them that way and I'm going to shoot it that way and I'm going to cut that way. Yeah. Um, and so that's our job is to edit the world so that people can digest it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you think the whole VR thing is going to go? Or you know, what's your prediction in terms of do you think this one will live out or do you think? I think AR is going to be the answer. Yeah. I think v- the problem is VR is the same challenge that Facebook has is where as soon as you isolate people, yeah. that's where there's problems. So, a, so Facebook is actually isolating people and it wants to connect people. Yeah. Um, and so th- my hope is that AR has the possibility of being, bringing people out of the home into the world to have shared experiences yeah. that they couldn't have. Yeah. We need to get it out of a tablet first yes. because we need to get it to here yes. you know, because I think this, this doesn't work for AR. Does it, it doesn't that well, but yeah. even if you had that and you could do a shared experience at, at a lo- location. Yeah. So the only way that you can have this experience is if you all went down to yeah. Greengrass uh, Promenade there yeah. and something happened, an event happened, yeah. Or, or you know, you could see one of the famous hangings that would happen there, yeah. and it would only happen once a day, and you could show up and everyone could see it. <laughs> then it's a shared moment and experience yeah. that you couldn't get any other way. And so everyone would show up with their iPads and be sitting here watching it, and you could take pictures and your selfie with this thing. <laughs> There's a lot of opportunity for that. Um, or a musician's coming, going on tour, and they send an avatar of themselves through the town on a 24-hour cycle, and if you get a selfie, selfie with them, <laughs> you get a free ticket to their show. Yeah, yeah. The, that's a shared experience. So you have people running around trying to find this person. <laughs> trying to find nothing. Or, <laughs> yeah, nothing but something. Yeah, yeah, and then you have a bunch of other people yeah. going, why are these people running around trying to take selfies with nothing? Yeah, yeah. And this creates this yeah, creates human nothing. experience. Yeah. Um, and we do it with tre- treasure hunts. There was a guy in the Bay Area a couple years ago who was, he made a bunch of money in .com, yeah. And what he started just to do is hide money places. <laughs> and he would leave this cryptic thing on his website of the location of the money. Yeah. And it created this craze where people would like leave their job. Ah, oh, there's a thing. And they would go run looking for this money. And it wasn't really the money. I mean, it was like a hundred bucks or something. It's the fact that it was the fact that yeah, you were yeah, problem solving and the community yeah. was doing it. Who's going to do it first? Yeah. And so I think that's the exciting part that AR yeah. can do. There's a, there's a thing I do with my kid, like with Finley. Uh, it's called geocaching. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you get the Similar app and thing. Yeah. You hide little things like, everywhere, all yeah. over the world, and you totally. have to go and try and find them. And they might be like, there might be one outside here under yeah. a brick. Is you know, it's the it's same, a, kind of same kind of yeah. Ride, isn't it? yeah. And that's the kind of dopamine response we want. Yeah, is exactly. a communal yeah. dopamine yeah. response. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're because that's how we're hardwired as community. Yeah. You know, that's why we're tribal. That's why humans do all the things that we do yeah. that we don't like is because we are human beings and we connect with human beings. Yeah. So I think that's an, yeah. there's an opportunity there. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I'm excited about AR. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. And so just jumping back to your kind of creative process, I know, you know, for me being a creative person and for us as a team, you know, sometimes you work so hard on something, right? And then something happens. Like for us, sometimes a client or the market changes yeah. and a piece of work that you put your heart and soul into yeah. for weeks and weeks and weeks and, you know, you've stayed up all night to do it, stops and it yeah. stops there. You know, I'm just wondering, like, you know, when you spoke before the other night we were talking, you're saying, like, sometimes the films you work on are four or six or eight years yeah. long. You know, have you ever had any really big challenges where, like, money's dried up or, 
investment yeah. stopped or you know the directions changed or someone's left or you know yeah it's just kind of i'm just interested to know like does it you know because when you think of you know um you know pixar you always just think you just see the front end yeah but i'm sure there's like all these challenges behind the scenes yeah i i think i started at dreamworks yeah. but my process is to always have personal work yeah that's the only way that i survive ah, because gonna, yeah. there's always something that i can say to myself well, you can go do that and no one can tell you what to do. Yeah, or that's yeah, not going to change. No yeah. one's going to pull the funding yeah, for that because yeah, I'm yeah. funding it myself. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm my own pa- uh, patron. Yeah. So I go to day, work during the day yeah. and I love my work and it's amazing and it's fantastic. But I'm paying for that night time where I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I have no responsibility between 8 and midnight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I can do whatever I want to do. If I want to carve wood... That's great. If I want to do uh, performance art out in my front yard, I can do that. <laughs> Whatever I want to do, I've paid for that time. Yeah. And so that's the thing that allows me to go into work and put my heart into something yeah. and know it may get cut from the film. Yeah. And it happens a lot. So tell us about kids' stories then, the books. Yeah. What, 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 you know, what, what's your kind of angle on that? And what? Yeah, the angle is just to do art. Yeah. Yeah. So the angle is to tell a story that... Um, no one can tell me to do it a different way. Yeah. Of course, my editor tells me to do it a different way all the time. <laughs> so, like, I, I keep, I like, I, my relationship to creativity is to trick myself into doing things that I have to do because yeah. um, otherwise I wouldn't do anything because it's terrifying and frustrating <laughs> and hard. And so I just, like, cut off a little slice. So for children's books now, I know that I have this moment mm-hmm. with me and my agent where I, we, I get to create exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. And so that moment is for me. And yeah. so I do a whole version of the book. I write it and I illustrate the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Not final illustration, but like a yeah. dummy. Yeah. And then a couple finals. And that is going to be all me. Yeah. And no one can tell me if they don't like it or yeah, any of that. And then we'll send, we'll send it out and then an, an editor can destroy. Do you test <laughs> it on your kids? I do, yeah. 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 Uh, they, do they sign it off? Are they the... Like, yeah. <laughs> I think their enthusiasm signs it off. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes they're like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, 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 we'll look at it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, but it's about loneliness. Do you get that? Yeah, yeah, we, we heard that. <laughs> so I think for that reason, they're, they're good. But they, they also like my stuff in general. Yeah. And I can tell the stuff that they like. My, I mean, my oldest daughter is super into fantasy. Yeah. Like, that's her jam. And so from the youngest age, so she's just reading fantasy books constantly. She's the kid that you're like, did you feed the dog? Yeah, yeah, in a minute. In a minute after the dog. And I'm like, I love that you're reading, but you have to feed the dog, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so anything that I do that's fantasy, she's like it, super yeah. into it. Yeah. And, and the biggest actually compliment she gives me is when I catch a look at her sketchbook yeah. and she's drawing some of the stuff that I have in my book, uh-huh. in her book. And I'm like, all right, that connected, uh, yeah. Cool. Mm. And you've got a book coming out in the UK soon? I think it just came out. Came out. What's um, it called? It's called Dreamland. Dreamland. Yeah, Walker Books. Walker Books. Okay. Um, released, I think, a month ago. Okay. I don't know how many copies. And do you self-publish? Or? No. no. Yeah, Yeah. I did I did one self-published thing, and then I turned into a bookseller. And I was like, mm. no, no, this is not <laughs> what I signed up for. So I don't self-publish anymore yeah. because it's... Uh, I would just be, have to go to festivals all the time and sell my book. Yeah. Um, and so I would rather, I just want to spend as much time as I can creating. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it'd be really interesting to know where you um, get your influence from and inspiration. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Uh, other art. 
Mm -hmm. It's always inspiring. I don't go to galleries nearly enough. We're starting to again because our kids will actually go to the gallery with us <laughs> at, for a little bit. So other artists, and I love Instagram and the internet, but there's something about going to galleries and things that are curated. Um, and I'm trying to get into more collectives and stuff that do, do shows all the time that you can just go see. There's a bunch of, there's a guy, Burt Berry at my work, who, he doesn't have kids and stuff, so he mm -hmm. can do this, but um, he's just connected with some weird agency that's doing something over here and something that's, so I'm always like, okay, what's going on this weekend that I can <laughs> hitch a ride into? Yeah. They have, like they have a dinner and they just watch Fellini films yeah. and just talk about it. And I'm like, dude, I want to show up to that. That sounds cool. <laughs> so I want to do more of that kind of stuff because that's really inspiring. And then the other thing is nature for me. Like that's, uh, I, my parents, when I was young, we grew up a little bit in the country, but they would always take us up to the mountains during the summer for like two weeks and just say, I don't want to see you. Yeah. go into the woods and we build forts and mm. swim in the river and just that kind of yeah. stuff. So that's always been a big inspiration for me. And not necessarily, I mean, I do a lot of painting in the woods and that kind of stuff, yeah. but more of just a place where I can just totally be me and think about my own stuff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Cool. Um, and, and if you could give advice to yourself maybe 15 years ago um, and, and the th things you've been sharing with them, yeah. the students you've met this week, what, what would it be? Um, Keep doing your personal work. Um, and luckily I, I heeded that advice to myself, um, but that has been the biggest win for me. Every opportunity that I've gotten has come from my personal work. I, I said a little bit that I got into Pixar with my personal work, mm -hmm. but even inside Pixar, the reason I'm production designing a, a movie is because I went and showed the production designer my personal work and he was like, oh, that's interesting, what is that? And there's something about your personal work that has your heart in it more than your professional work. Because a professional work is something that's polished for the world. Mm. Um, and so it has the edges ground off it because it has to, because it has to appeal to bigger audience and that kind of stuff. In your personal work, people can see your guts in there yeah. because no one, it's, it's like pure you. Mm -hmm. It's undiluted. And so there's something about that that's exciting and enticing to people. Just get a glimpse inside your head um, and so that would be the advice, is not to get, go to university and come out and feel like I, I will be now a Pixar robot <laughs> and we'll go in that direction, but to still have your own ideas yeah. and not lose that in university and still, like I don't want to see a portfolio of just projects from university. Those are great, but I want to see all those little sketches and those I story beginnings you have and that kind of stuff yeah. because that's, the, that's where the good stuff is. Yeah, mm. and use use the tools you're doing in school to teach you in the in the, when in your off time. Like yeah. when I was in school, I every summer I give myself a challenge yeah. during the summer, and I was working at an advertising agency. So at night I would still do that. So I worked full time in advertising the agency during the summer so yeah. that I could pay for school. What and then were you I worked, doing, designer? I was a designer. Yeah. Designer um, and I worked through like three days a week during the school year, yeah. and then summer vacation I would work full time there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got lucky and they were really nice to me and let me do that. I, I, they got a lot out of it. I did storyboards for them and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. they got stuff out of it. But um, I, I would still give myself these assignments during the summer. And my assignment was the thing that I was the worst at. Yeah. Because I knew that if I got really good at the thing that I sucked at the most and was scared of the most, <laughs> everyone else was scared of the same thing and I would get a leg up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. like I sucked at 
perspective yeah. and composition. And I was terrified of it. And I just yeah. did, never did it. I just drew characters because I was scared of it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do that this summer. And I didn't have a career. I made up my own curriculum. I looked at like comics that I liked. Yeah. And I went through all the catalog of um, Academy Award winning cinematographers mm -hmm. and just pulled out their films and started watching them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, and then started drawing from them. And why did they make that choice? And, mm -hmm. and learned about camera lenses and how that worked. And so it just forced me to do those things. Um, and I, Eventually, I became a sets designer because I forced myself yeah. to learn those yeah. things. So, the thing that you're scared of, everyone's scared of, and so do that first. Yeah, yeah. It's One good last advice. question. Yes, please. I'm just interested, like when you actually sit down to draw. Are yeah. you now drawing on pen and paper? Are you drawing on iPad? Are you, you know, where do you do it? Um, for work, uh, it's been moving more and more digital. Yeah. So uh, I used to hate drawing on the computer, mm -hmm. but the iPad, the new iPad Pro, yeah. and the pencil. Is phenomenal. Yeah, I got one recently. Yeah, I'm like, oh. I was like, that's a different thing. It feels yeah. like paper. So yeah. that that has changed a lot for yeah. me. Um, I do. I've been painting on the computer for years and years and years. So yeah. I've become accustomed to that. Yeah. But drawing was always hard until now. Yeah. The latency has gone away. Yeah. The sense of actual weightlessness and roughness and all the things are starting to get there. Yeah. With iPad Pro, so that's it's changed weird a lot. With the, 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 yeah. the screen, the glossy screen. Though, yeah, I, I get there's, there's these little sheets you can put over it, oh, so, and it gives a little texture, oh, which okay. changes it as well. Yeah. Okay. So there's all these little tricks. I'll be on Amazon, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Apparently, the new one I haven't used it yet. The very new one coming out is even better. The pen mm. pencil is even better. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the number two. It's Do you have the number two? Yeah. yeah. And it charges with a magnet. You don't yes. plug it in. No, the the stupid. Yeah. yeah. That's the worst break off system ever. Yeah. So yeah, so that's changed, but I still do personal work. Uh, I, when I go outside on the weekends, I paint pastel. I do pastels, yeah, um, just to force me to uh, do the hard thing again. Yeah, it's yeah. that same going back to that same idea. Like I get lazy if I go into Photoshop. I'm like, what color do mm. I want? Just slide it. Well, I put <laughs> saturation down, mm. and and then I know that I can infinitely adjust it. Yeah. So yeah. I put an adjustment layer, repaint that layer, yeah. and and with pastels, you have maybe two layers. And mm -hmm. you, your color mixing is on there, and mm -hmm. it's all in this moment. You have to focus in, the, in a way that you don't have to focus outside of it, mm -hmm. and it's the harder thing. And so I'm trying to keep that, keep myself challenged. And yeah. so I still do uh, most of my personal work is traditional, except for children's books. I color them in Photoshop yeah, yeah. because it's just they, they want edits all the time, and mm -hmm. it's just unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Really cool. Sweet. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks yeah, guys. It. It was great. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. Great. Cheers, Cheers man.